Hello, listeners, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Kings for Christ podcast, where we read through scripture together and then discuss the things that stood out to us, as well as answer questions anyone may have. I would encourage you to open your Bible with us so we can read together. I would also like to invite you to join us live on Zoom every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Link to our Zoom can be found in our Instagram bio at WeAreK4C. I hope this episode blesses you and helps you grow with your relationship with your Heavenly Father. All right. Hello and good morning. Good morning, fellas. Um, thank you again for coming today. Um, today we will be going through Philippians chapter four, the last chapter in Philippians. Um, somewhat of a common chapter, um, but it'll be pretty solid, um, even though we are a little light today. But yeah, I'll go ahead and um, pray us in and then we can get into our work. Uh, dear Lord. God, I thank you. I thank you, God, for today. Um, but we are grateful that uh, we are here, uh, present, and just able to go through your word um, as we grow in our knowledge of you, God, and also grow. Uh, and just being able to <clears throat> be the man that you have called us to be, oh God. Uh, Lord, I pray that we truly would just be here, uh, truly be present, that our conversations will be fruitful, oh God, that we would learn something new. Um, and that we would also be challenged um, in, in, in any area in our lives that needs challenging um, and that we would embrace that challenge, knowing that uh, it is something that will overall just make us better. Um, I pray, Lord, that you would give us knowledge and understanding uh, whenever that it may be necessary. Um, and I just pray, God, that this word doesn't uh, return void, but rather we can use it to apply it to our lives or use it to teach someone else or whatever it may be. Um, I just pray, Lord, that we use it properly. I ask all these things to be done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> all right. So, yeah, we'll be in Philippians 4. I can start us off. Therefore, my, bro- my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to Yudia and Sintichi, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice with the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all of you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. 
how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Nevertheless, you have done well that you have shared in my distress. Now, Philippians, uh, now, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church started, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you. For even in Thessalonica, Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sac sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his right from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Uh, to jump in right away, the first uh, thing that kind of jumped out to me was kind of towards the end. Um, verses 16, 17, it says, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. I think in Andrew's translation, it was talking about because I want to see the fruit of this. And so I kind of, I really like that perspective of like Paul wanting to receive something, not because that it'll necessarily benefit him, but because of the fruit of the outcome of, of someone doing it a certain action. And so I, I think that perspective in life could really be so beneficial of like let's I, yes it's great to to receive something or for someone to um, get aid or assistance in something but it's just like the fruit that comes out of it is is really what what we're looking at is really what's significant is really what support what's important in that so i i liked how, how paul had mentioned that you know i'm kind of when he when he talks about uh, what was that verse you just mentioned? What I'm looking at what what uh, sixteen seventeen sixteen seventeen. I kind of I don't know because I kind of like tying in. I know this is kind of going off from that verse, but going this is like a little bit back somehow he can uh, survive off of um, 
what he has and what he doesn't have and being full yet hungry. Like, do you guys think, because I always hear, like, kind of going with that, do you guys think, that, like, that there's, I mean, I say, like, is it time to be greedy? And is it time to be, or is it time to be, to, be, to want? And is it time to, to uh, uh, be satisfied? When do you, when do you feel like you should be satisfied when you should, like, when it's time to be, like, seeking other things or, like, seeking more? I think, if anything, I don't think we should be seeking to get more of something. I think we should be seeking for it being content. Um, I think God will ultimately provide the more that we may need or desire in a moment. <clears throat> but as long as I'm pursuing Christ, I ultimately will be content. Um, because if you're trying to like get more of something, that may be more of like a flesh thing. Um, but if you're, if you, if you're looking in a sense of like, I want to grow more in my relationship with God, um, I mean, that's not something that you can be, I don't think you should ever be like, yeah, I'm cool with just where I'm at now with God. Like that's something that you're, you're constantly growing with or something that you're constantly developing in. Um, I really, I mean, I feel like that's every type of relationship that you have, you know, there's really not a point to where it should just be like, yeah, this is cool. Like you should, you know, still be growing and still be learning and still be loving on the people that you're around. So is there a point that you should like, quote unquote, be greedy? And not in a sense of like in a sinful greed, but just like kind of like desiring and wanting more of something. Uh, I don't know. But if that like desire for something more, at least it can be content, then I, I think that would be. So I don't know. What are what are some other thoughts though? Oh, I think to 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 more to your point, Zeke. I was just gonna add that like when you, I think he's saying here like no matter what situation he's in, you know he has God, he has Jesus. So at that moment he's satisfied, and God will supply all his need, no matter if he's rich or um, poor. And, and two, that's good for us to look at too, because no matter what situation we're in in life. It's like we have our anchor in Jesus to rely on. So no matter if we, you know, struggling or we paying all our, all our bills barely or we're flourishing, like no matter what, um, you're anchored in Christ. So that way, no matter what happens, you're always secure. Yeah, I, I had something to say, but uh, DeAndre, you had something that you, I saw you get off mute. You were trying to say something? Oh, um, no, I was just saying, um, when he spoke on like, like when is the time to be greedy and everything, and I mean, I was going to speak on how I feel about it. I feel like, I mean, you should always, I feel like you should always seek more, but be grateful for what you have at the same time. So if that doesn't happen, you're not like, what's the word? Disappointed, I should say. Like, I feel like you should just like, I mean, this is like pertaining to just relationships or just everything. Let me, everything. let me raise it. Like, I feel like I, I could have said it a better way. Greedy is probably not the right word to use because greedy means you have it, but you want more of the same thing or you don't want anybody else to have it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying like is also like a relationship. But let's say like even like a business. Like, is it wrong to say I want my business to grow? Is it is it wrong to say like, or, or should we just be like, uh, I'm content with my business is? Or um, let's say if you're working out and you like, you or you have a pretty fit body, is it wrong to say, I wanna uh, get stronger? 
or should you be like more I'm content and just having the healthy body that I have? So yes, it is. It can be relationship too, but I mean like, like when is when is when when should you want more and when should you not want more? What area should you want more and when should you not want more? But not I shouldn't say greedy though, because greedy is is kind of that entails something else. That's what I mean. So go ahead. Oh no, you're good. But um, I mean, I feel like that's a personal preference in a way, kind of because. I mean, if your business is doing good or your body in those examples, I mean, isn't to someone else that might not be considered good. So, and when you're looking at it from a perspective, it's like how you personally feel about it should be the deciding factor of if you want to go further in it or not, or if you're content with it or not. Like I feel like with others' perspectives in it, It'll kind of like we kind of got to listen to your own kind of like opinion on it. If you feel like you need to go higher or you feel like you are okay, it's kind of like you're the deciding factor of it. I'm glad that you um, broke it down a little bit more, Andrew, because um, I, I'm thinking like, and in that sense of what you're what you're saying. Um, the desire to want more of something or, or to grow in a certain area, I don't think is, is inherently bad. So like how you were saying, like if I'm, you know, working out and I want to be a little bit more fit, that's cool. If you want my, if you want your business to do like a little bit more better, I think that's cool. I think when a desire just starts to consume you, when it, when it becomes more of like an, an idol or when it's like, I, I got to have the best of the best, it's got to be at the top. Um, I think that's when it can become, an issue doesn't I mean we we all have a, a desire to to grow in, in certain areas and everything like like what you were saying about working out like I, I of course would like to be a little bit more fit in certain areas but it's not like I'm not just all just constantly consumed with it um and it's affecting like my everyday life to where it's affecting my relationship with God like I think that's when the desires of stuff can can become a uh I think that's not really healthy for you in your life, but um, yeah, no, you can, you can still have a desire like that. I don't think that's a that's a thing that that God speaks against. I think about how like Rian talked about this. He said I said this a while ago. I don't really remember saying this, but he talked about like uh, even if things don't play out the way that you want them to play out, just having that mindset that. Even like even if it doesn't happen the way I wanted to or how I pray what I pray for, like God is still good in the end. You know what I mean? So like let's say if I want my business to do better, I'm pushing it for to for it to grow. If it doesn't grow, will that hinder my relationship with God? Where I look at God like, dang, you you are not who you say you are. You can't, you're not as powerful as I thought you were. Or would you just be like, God, I'm I'm content, I'm content, even though you didn't my business didn't grow, you're still, you're still good. Like I think that's kind of how he how Paul looks at it saying like no matter what god is good no matter what if, if i so that's what I'm saying. he's saying i'm content if i grow i thank god that i grew and if i stay the same i thank god for, for keeping me content and keeping me stable and keeping me from from teeter-tottering you know yeah also too drew to that the reason why you you praise god no matter what happens because you have to acknowledge that he's at the center of your life right in order for you to acknowledge that no matter what happens and also too to your point like you can't be if god don't do something 
how can you be mad but then praise him when he does something? You know, you have to be even, not necessarily even killed, but no matter what you go through, just acknowledge Jesus in, in all your ways, no matter if it's good or bad. Because at the end of the day, it's it's that's how you keep him first. And also, too, he may put you through some stuff that will later on, you know, you will use that fuel or whatever happened in the past to propel you forward. And you never know, you know, a setback could be, you know, um, things that you can use for greater purposes. But you have to go through that in order to um, understand or acknowledge, you know, oh, I messed up here before or I messed up here before or I never messed up here before. So now I got to start over and now I know what to look out for and things of that nature. But you will never know that if you don't go through it. And you, but then you go through it, you're like, God, why'd you put me through this? And then later on in the future, you look and see why he did it. That's a good point. Because uh, you look at the story of Job, you know, things come to a, everything is for a purpose. God does, God ain't playing. Sometimes I do feel like God is playing. Like I do, I, some, I ask God like, God, are you playing with me? Because I'm like, I don't know the way things be happening. I'm like, all right, bro, like, feel like you playing with me. But God is not just a, he not just, we're not action figures and he just having things happen because it's fun. Like, you know, everything is for a purpose and you just have to trust that, trust the process, trust the purpose, trust God in the end, which is, I kind of lose to that. Like, when you trust God through everything, you're content with whatever's happening. You're content yeah. here. Even if you have less in the physical, your spirit is still, is still content because you're, you know what I mean? You, you trust, you trust him. You trust that it's all working out for mm -hmm. our good and everything is in his hands mm -hmm. and also too he sees the future we can't see the future right mm -hmm. so when we think like we messed up or something and he like oh don't worry in a, in a year or so you're gonna flourish but in this moment we in this moment we can't see the future so we struggling frustrated and angry when god's in the future well not not in the future but he sees our future and he he knows that we're going to succeed but we have to go through things in order to not only rely on him but also, too, to, to have that faith to say, okay, yeah, I messed up here, but I'm going to do it again with Jesus and with Christ and then um, have a better outcome because of it. And again, you again at all this time, you're pointing towards Christ and acknowledging him, um, whether it go good or bad. I think you, um, this is something I struggle with, right? I think um, here's what I struggle with. When I pray, you got to want it. Mm. You got to want it for other people. It's kind of like what Paul's saying here. He's saying, uh, I think um, Zeke brought it up in, uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? 16, 17? Yeah, 16, 17. 16, 16 to 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says, even though I was in Thessalonica, you sent help once for me, more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. And, and, and I think what I, what I really struggle with is do I really want it? Want what? I it, what I mean is do I really want to help other people in, in the church, right? Mm -hmm. do, do I really wanna see people saved? Mm -hmm. do, do, do I really want it? Because if I really want it, then I'm going to want to go for it. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be able to help people raise money to be able to, you know, to, to be able to fund, you know, how do you create the, 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 the audio for this afterwards? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so, so if I want that, mm 
and I want that for God, then, then, then I'm going to want to go out and make more money, right, in, in order to provide tithes and offerings for the church. And, and, I, and, and I think that it's, it's really hard mm-hmm. because you got to want it. I mean, you think about the people that really wanted it, like David. David was a man after God's own heart. He wanted things for God, and therefore, he was given the power to go out and conquer kingdoms. So I, I think I think it's kind of your desire, right? You, you've got to, it's your desire. Christ went and gave his life, and, and, and look, what, look and he was content, right? Because he got on the cross, he gave all he had, and there's no guarantee that any of us would have said, you know what, Christ, thank you for dying, <laughs> you know? For, so, so he's kind of content in, in, in that effort. I, I think it's, I think it's hard. It's like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta decide because even Paul says, in, in I think it's in, uh, he says it in, uh, where is it at? I think it's in, uh, oh, in, in first Timothy, he says, I think it's the first Timothy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He says that godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. So he's like, if you're actually devoted to God to try to get something done, right? He'll actually give the gain in order to make, and I don't think that's anything that we should be shamed of. You know what I'm saying? But but I think like Zeke says, you there has to be kind of like a balance. It's hard. You gotta want it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you guys are athletes, right? You gotta want to win for the right reason. Yeah. But you gotta almost kind of be like content with where you are, but you gotta keep marching for I don't know. I'm I'm babbling. That, no, just, no, I no, Mr. Bray, you you right because I just I just didn't look at it as, you know, um uh, like I didn't translate for sports to life because in sports you do everything you can to stay in top shape, um, eat well, sleep well, all that. But like in life, I just didn't translate it over. You do have to, if you do want to, you know, chase after God and establish a relationship with Jesus, you have to do all those things. You have to um, pray and, you know, be in your word and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't even like relate the two, but it's very true because you can fall off easily. And, and that's just literally what, what Paul says and starting at verse 11, not that I ever was in need I learn how to be content with whatever I have so it's not that like he understands that you may have a desire you may have a want but it wasn't that I was in need because he learned that through Christ he was able to be content in every situation Mm -hmm. so even if there was moments where he didn't have a lot or where he did have a lot he Mm -hmm. knew he could stay content with God so even if he did have a desire for more, it was okay because he learned that through Christ he was able to be content. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow! And also too through that process of trusting God, like you won't, um, you'll make you make smarter decisions because you know, like I know I can move at a certain pace. I don't got to excel and fail. I can take one. I can take it can go by progression by progression. You know, because oftentimes we just dive into something and then it fails. And we like, dang, why did it fail? But with God, you know, when we walking with God, God will tell us, like Mr. Bryce said, like God will talk to you. He'll tell you, like, read this book, do this, step here, step here, step here, and then eventually you wait, you where you want to be. Whereas if you don't have it, you just dive right in, and then you know, 
you end up in certain situations asking God to get you out of it. Yeah, Jay, you were trying to say something for a minute. Go ahead. Uh, what was I about to say? No, he actually said it for me. But um, I, like with the um, with the pace and everything, that's kind of like like a law that I've ever lived by, like getting things done, and it just makes perfect sense because. I mean, I see everything like a marathon, you know. Everyone want to get to the finish line first, but if you go full speed, you'll actually be last. So you got to actually pace yourself regardless of what happens. You might catch a cramp. You might hit a heel and everything. God might turn you around, but it's for reasons. And I always just trusted that, you know, because it keeps you content, like kind of like you prepare for the bad and the worst. I mean, the bad and the good, so you always good regardless. Always kind of like had that mindset. So I'm I'm preparing for if everything, like if God puts me through a learning lesson with this situation, and I'm already preparing before it happens on what I, what I need to possibly learn, what my weakness could possibly be, as soon as it happens, like I'm automatically going into a learning phase. Like, what do I need to learn, God? Because he only puts us through things to learn. And I know that, so I see it like a marathon, like really like a pace, like seriously, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, also too, I think about Mr. Bright when he was like, uh, we like got his job. He was like, God was telling me to study this book and read this book and then he knew everything to do and it became easy. I think about that a lot. When you, when you talk about that book and how God told you to do that, he literally told you everything and you was moving at a steady pace and then you found a solution. They was, and then the company looking at you like, wow, like we got to get this man a raise. Cause he, you know, but all you did was just be disciplined and listen to God and he directed your steps. I want to add to that, <clears throat> that I don't know what virtual we're on, but that brings to mind verses six and seven in mm -hmm. Philippians four to me. Talks about, where it talks about not being anxious for anything. Mm -hmm. it's, it, you know, we're taught, people talk about grind, you got to grind, hit your grind, you hit your grind. Well, actually, no. You need to be in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. See, it's a little bit different. When you're trying to uh, hit your grind, you're doing it on your own strength and your own intellect, and you're very anxious and upset and nervous because you're always trying to plan every step out. But yet, when you sit back and you pray, you thank God for everything, you thank God for his grace and his mercy and his, his wisdom for the situation, and then you request to God what you're trying to do, and you sit back, when I say sit back, I don't literally mean sit back and do nothing. What I mean is that let the peace of God guide you and follow that peace. And in so doing, you'll see how things will fall into place. The thing that you need will be there for you. Not because necessarily of anything that you've done, but you've allowed God to direct and guide your steps. It talks about in the Bible, a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. You want to be a good man, not just be a man. You want to be a good man because... When your steps are ordered by the Lord, there's less falling, less catastrophes. Nothing you're not going to have them because the enemy's going to come against you. But you'll be able to handle them better because you're listening and trusting the guy who warned you, like you, like Mr. Bright talked about. He'll warn you, he'll give you steps what to do, where to go, what not to say, what not to do, and just follow that and let the peace of God rule your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So that's one of the Kind of throw that in there so that you kind of learn to just learn to be not be anxious but also learn just to rest in the peace of god you learn that early on you'll see life take on such a better a better fold for you better way, way of unfolding out for you mm -hmm. 
And also, too, to add to your point, Pastor Rob, like, I think that's what we all want, right? We all want peace. Like, no matter what situation you're in in life, you if you have a lot of money, it's still going to be chaos. If you don't have a lot of money, it's going to be chaos. Your job is chaos. Everything is chaos. But all when we rest, all we really want is peace. And we can only find peace. Well, it says here, then you will experience peace, um, verse 7. Um, then you will experience God's peace, which it sees anything that we can ever understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. So it, it pretty much tells us when we go through things, we have to give it to God and, and rest in his peace and just acknowledge him in all of our ways. And then he will, even if he don't do it, he's still good. But if he does do it, it's even better. I got to talk about that piece because that kind of goes hand to hand with this. Another reason you're able to be so content is just with that peace. Like, I don't know if anybody ever had a, a tough time, but just like if you've been through something and you're supposed to react crazy, like you like worldly, fleshly, realistically, you're supposed to be acting crazy. But you're just peaceful. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's, it's a couple of times where I'm not going to get too specific, specific, but like I almost died or somebody around me was 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 dying. And it was like, like it, it's just like a, I don't know what you just a piece. It's not like it's not like you anxious. It's not like you you it's it's it may maybe something in you that's like a little worried or whatever, but it's like a piece that just has you just I don't know. I, I if it is it's crazy, it's because it's like a supernatural piece. It's not a piece that you can get from a eight-hour meditation from YouTube. You know what I mean? You can't get it from nowhere else. You can't get it from like a massage, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't even yeah. get it from weed, to be honest, keeping mm -hmm. it keeping it real. Like it's it's a type of piece that you just Oh, it's a supernatural type of peace where it's like, if I get it, it's it's a blessing. If I don't get it, it's still a blessing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It's just a it's a peace. And I think about, I think about a lot of time in the Bible where peace is mentioned. I think about like how the storm. You know, I thought I talk about. I think I talked about this last week when Jesus said, "Peace be still in the storm." And you know, how the, the type you have to see just the type of peace. I wasn't there, <laughs> but the type of peace that was like that you can just imagine was over the storm after all the the craziness was going on. That type of peace that set everybody straight and had everybody turn and look at Jesus, like bro, who this is? You know what I mean? <laughs> just that it's a it's a that supernatural peace is something that's like if you ever if somebody who, if you, any of y'all have ever experienced it or just or y'all when y'all experienced it, that peace is something crazy. It is crazy. I think it's just like having strong faith for real, like mm -hmm. having just maximum faith to the fullest extent. Like, you know, God is doing everything for a reason, whether you like it or not. So everything that's done to you, well, life is happening for you, not to you. So I kind of believe that, like, everything is happening for a learning lesson or a blessing. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away. I think I thank God for you guys, man, because I've, I've, Drew, like you said, I mean, I, 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 you know, when you raise children, um, you, you, you'll do anything, you know, you want that child to be successful. You, you, you want your sons, you, you just want, you know, you want God for them. And there, and there's a moment in their relationship when you finally get that peace, you're content. You, you are, you're, you're okay. And I'll never forget that moment in my life that, 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 that Sunday morning, sitting across at my mother's breakfast table with my son and, and finally coming to that moment of peace and you know and, and him just saying hey pops you know where i've done you know what i've done 
And I, I'm just, okay, it's okay. And from that moment, it was, it was, it was something about that moment that just gave me like a peace, right? And it, it is funny because it's almost a preparation and it's beyond understanding. And, and even today, people ask me, people are like, you know, people are like, like, aren't you mad? Aren't you angry? Aren't you upset? You know, don't, don't, don't you get angry? You know, don't you? But no. And it's funny because it says it, and when you guys said it, it's a piece that surpasses understanding. Mm-hmm. It, it's nothing that I, it's weird. I, I I can't explain it to anybody. I can't I, I can't tell people why. I just have a piece. You know, um, like a a situation that I was in a uh, maybe like two years like two years ago at like the beginning of COVID. Um, I remember my mom had got COVID and she had it like pretty bad, like was in the hospital. Um, and there was some stuff that she wasn't telling us beforehand about like what was going on. And I think it was almost in a way to kind of save us from like being worried or being fearful about her life or whatever. Um, but it started off at first as her just kind of like not feeling good. And then uh, she was diagnosed with like double pneumonia and then it ended up being COVID and she didn't have to go to the hospital. And during that whole time, I was just like, man, why, I feel like I should be like worried right now. Like, I feel like I should be like, man, like what's going to happen? Like, we don't know what this COVID thing is about. The vaccine wasn't a thing. There was no treatments. A lot of people were dying. That whole time though, I just was like, but I'm not even like, like my heart didn't drop. I wasn't ready to cry. I was there. And what was actually crazy about her, her, her like COVID experience is that my mom was literally like probably like a breath away from dying. Like she when she, there was a moment where she was on on like the hospital bed and she was telling the nurse, like, hey, can you please turn up the oxygen some? And so the nurse did it. And then she was breathing. And she was like, nurse, can you please like, you know, turn up the oxygen? Like I can't breathe. So she did it one more time and then she was just like I still can't breathe like I don't I don't feel it and she was like Miss Epps like the oxygen is at its fullest capacity like I can't ever turn it up anymore like this is this is it so she she said so she felt like she couldn't even breathe like she was trying to fight but she like she was trying to inhale but nothing was was coming in and eventually she was like Jesus, like literally just calling on the name of Jesus. And every time she said Jesus, she said she felt like her lungs were just expanding and opening up more. Mm. So literally because she called on Jesus, mm. gave her the ability to breathe and, and start feeling like she could actually inhale. And it was just like, man, like had she not called on Christ in that moment, like she, she probably could have died. Uh, but still throughout that whole time, like I remember thinking I was like, you know, my mama, she'll be, she'll be strong, she'll be all right. Like I didn't even have like a doubt, but they recognize it now is really just the peace that that God had over me. That even regardless of what the situation may may be, like I still have God, and He provides what I need in that moment. Yeah, even for your mom to like call on the name, like to think to call on the name of Jesus as her first go to, like. That just shows like your mom's faith and how strong she is as well. I always think about, I ain't gonna lie. Just, I, I wouldn't even just say that moment. Cause I remember you telling me about your mom when it was happening and you was like, you was smooth. But not even in that, I feel like you kind of, 
you kind of set example. You personally set a good example how God's peace work. There's a lot of times where like you, if something happened to you and you irritated, but you were like, yeah, I'm irritated. And you like say it peacefully. I'm like, I ain't never seen nobody else do that. You know what I mean? So it's kind of weird to me. Like when I'm hot, I'm hot. You feel me? Don't talk to me. You know what I'm saying? When I'm sad, I'm sad. Don't talk to me when I'm angry. You know what I mean? Which mm -hmm. is like, it's a piece that I, I like the scripture says, it surpasses all understanding. It's something that we can't comprehend with our earthly bodies, with our earthly minds. You know what I mean? It's a it's a piece that just it's unexplainable. You know what I mean? Like all the all the uh uh like the stuff that we do now to find peace, like uh stress relievers or massages or even other things that yeah, that's that's what I said, <laughs> Pastor Rob. <laughs> Sometimes people may have to smoke a little something or drink a little something to get their peace, you know what I'm saying? But it's temporary, it's temporary and it 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 doesn't surpass all understand that <laughs> with that peace from god it's a it's a it's a peace that i can't even articulate it you know what i mean just something that you have to experience something that, that is god given you know what i mean i want to tell you all about a piece that some of you may have, most of you probably haven't had to go through this so this is kind of a precursor to how to handle something for me the most uh the worst thing in the world that could ever happen is my mother passing and in 2004, um, she did. And when it happened, I won't go into, you know, of course, a long story, we won't go into all, but I was really upset. I really wasn't, I was expecting, she was in the hospital, I was expecting God to do this divine miracle, divine healing. She would get up and walk and be taking to church and everybody would be jumping and shouting, you know, praising God, but that's not what, how God did it. It was very peaceful, very quiet. When I got to the hospital, she had already passed. The nurse said she had taken her oxygen mask off, which let me know right then. She knew she was leaving time to go. But in those moments of my gr grief, initial grief, you know, you're going to cry. You have your tears when you realize the reality of the situation. But what happened was the Spirit of God came in as I read 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, and gave me this cloak of peace, that's what you describe it. And that peace in varying degrees has lasted ever since. So that in times of despair, or when I get the first few weeks, you would have these moments, you're walking along doing things, memories that would strike you about my mom and I would just bust out into tears. And then that happened lesser and lesser, not as intense and not as severe. But this, but the peace that came, I can look back to remember I was riding in my car and just you know, maybe handling some business in the first two weeks or whatever. And you think you're getting ready to funeral home and it's a real tense moment and everything. I had the peace that God so strong. Because I didn't like looking at caskets, looking at bodies in caskets, nothing like that. We went to pick our caskets and all the stuff you got to do. Like I didn't go crazy and spend a lot of money we didn't need because I realized that's just the shell of the person that I knew. That's not the person. They're going on to be with the Lord. There's no sense in spending tons of money on a shell for what? A show for who? And didn't I didn't need it. My sister didn't need it. My dad didn't need it. So we spent the exact amount of money that the insurance policy that you had covered. <laughs> that's one we didn't make foolish decisions 
you just had a piece about you, but I want to speak to that piece. I couldn't explain it. I could not explain it, and I, and, but I can tell you this. It does. When the scripture says it surpasses all understanding, you can't even understand it. It's bigger than that. Peace of God is so strong and tough, it will guide you through making decisions in times in which you think you're going to go full tilt. You think about a bridge, go nuts or whatever it is, and you got this peace that let you handle everything, every emotion, every feeling, you know, even when it came time for the homegoing service, cousins that were cutting up, saying stuff to my sister or to me about my sister or about my dad, whatever. It didn't matter. You could look at people and smile and just love on them because you got the peace of God. Peace guarded heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, it is why the word of God is so strong. It is so true and believable. You read that and get that in you, man, you can go through, well, like the scripture says, you can jump through a troop and leap over a wall. Run through a troop and leap over a wall. So I want to encourage you strong. Understand the word, read it and meditate on it. When I meditate, I mean read it and read it and say it, go about your day saying that word in your spirit, out your mouth, whatever you got to do, but get that in you. And then people can walk up to you and do the craziest thing. Like you talked about, Drew, some stu crazy stuff that happens. You can still handle it because it's not you. It's the Christ in you rising up. And also, too, to Mr. Rob's point, you you know it's Christ because you know, like in your flesh, you know you'll pop off like Drew. <laughs> like, Drew like Drew, right? And that's how you know it's like it's something, it's something different about him or something different. What, what you got or what's in you that I don't have because I would pop off or I would do a certain thing. It's, it's, it's Jesus. I mean, it's the peace of Jesus. That's, I mean, that's it. <laughs> it's a simple answer. You guys are really, uh, I'm telling you, man, you guys, the spirit is, is really taught today. I, I never understood the weapon in Ephesians, the gospel of peace until you just explain that, Pastor Rob. Unless you talked about that, Rian and Drew, it's what allows you to go through this world and situations happen and you not react. Because that's when bad decisions get made, is when you're out of peace, man, when you're scared, when you're... And that happens because you're acting in your flesh. Yeah. You know, Scripture talks about they that are led by the Spirit of God, the sons of God. You want to be a son of God, 24-7, 365. You want to be a son of God. And yes, you may miss it every now and then. But that's when you repent, confess your faults one to another. You confess to God about what you did that was wrong, okay? And then go back. He, he covers you with like 1 John 1, 9 talks about. And you go back in that thing and keep on going. Keep on get get dust yourself, get pick yourself up, dust yourself off, start all over again, and run that race. Like you said, Drew, it's a, it's a be honest, what this is a marathon. This ain't a sprint, <laughs> you know. So we have to constantly work at being stronger in, in in the things of God. Work at it and don't beat yourself up when you make a mistake, because that's what the enemy would have you do: beat you up, discourage you, make you get depressed. Keep you feeling sorry for yourself and take your eyes and focus off of Jesus and onto you. And then he's got you right where he wants you. Uh, what about when you feel that a person feel like they're addicted to something? Because uh, I know, like, for me, when there used to be pornography, like, 
I feel bad going back and forth, like, you know, as for repent all the time. I just feel like, although I know, like, it was something that I needed to get over and I did get over. But in that moment, it felt bad that, like, I kept messing up in that moment and going back and ask for, the, you know, forgiveness. Um, I want to tell you and everybody on this call that, like, that we're supposed to run back to God. If we mess up, it, who we going to run to, right? So when people, this is, I, I love the Bible. So when we mess up and we fall short, right, the, the, the church is for the people who messed up. That's where we're supposed to go. Right. We're supposed to run to God and his arms is open. I think about the prodigal son all the time. I think about this story as well. Like he messed up like he spent all his dad. Just think about this. Like he spent all his dad's money. He well, when he got his money, he spent all his mm-hmm. dad's money, and then he ran back to his dad. Um, and his dad would have open arms and he and, he get, and we, we read it like last week. He had a feast for him and everything. That's what God wants from. Him. Yes, he wants us to stop sinning. And we progress towards that. But we're in this world, we gonna see it. We gonna mess up. We gonna fall short. We gonna miss the mark. If it's not, if it's not pornography, it's gonna be something else. Like it's we gonna sin and mess up. The thing is to 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 try to limit those as well, but we're gonna mess up no matter how old you are, no matter if you like 10 or or 99, like you still gonna mess up. And that's why this race is with Jesus and we gotta walk this out every day because we're gonna need him every day. Cause if not, if we don't, you know, pray to God or um, be with God at certain moments we could slip and then never come back and that's then that's to, to um, your point about addiction because I work with addiction as well and I tell my members often that like you have to want to one you have to make a decision to stop and then two we have to put it put you in a position to stop so whether that be well I can't really talk to them about prayer and stuff but um, for, like for your case like prayer is is important and also to just walking with God daily because we gonna mess up no matter who you are can I just say this also when it comes to stuff like that, like, you know, like his mercy is like, you, it's brand new mercy every day. So you might get it today. So, but he, you, you got new mercy the next day. But the next, even even if you did it that same twice a day, you feel me? His mercy is, it endureth forever. You know what I mean? It, it's it's not something that's like, guys are like, bro, you already penned for this, when you gonna stop, you know what I mean? He, he's waiting on you, but he, he forgave you just like the first time and the last time. The forgiveness is the same. You know what I'm saying? The mercy is the same. The goodness is the same. So I know you feel bad. And the reason you feel bad, that's not God. That's that's not God. That is not God telling you that, bro, how many times you going to do this, bro? You didn't pay for this yesterday. That's the enemy trying to, that's the enemy speaking to you. God is sitting there like, he's smiling like, it's smooth. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, I got yeah, you. Yeah, so like one of my friends, um, you know, they like they have uh, addictions like alcohol or whatever. So like every time they get to a point, they um they be saying like, no, I feel I feel bad. Um, like I keep running back, and I'm like, um, maybe it's just like the the people you're around, you know, that environment of like you going back to you know the people that hang out and party on the weekends. Maybe you should like you know switch up your routine. And that might that might help, you know, like you like we repent, but you know, sometimes we gotta change, you know, something that we're doing to to uh to better that. I think I read something recently where I had text Zeke and I was like, hey, like, you know, is it okay like to have a drink? And I asked him like, you know, uh is it to like not get belligerent? Like, like I don't wanna get drunk. So then I had to change my mind because I had to remember who I was around. I didn't like 
be that that person to like you know encourage like not I'm not saying like, hey bro have a drink but him seeing me have a drink even though I don't really um, do it as much then I don't want to be that factor to that. Well, you you already. I forget where Paul says it. Pastor Rob, you might know. Rian, think you guys might know. Drew, you might know. There's a place where Paul basically, you, you can tell that you have love for your friend. There's, there's a place where Paul basically says, you know, for our brothers who are weak, right? He, he won't eat meat sacrifice to idols, he, even, even though it doesn't mean anything to Paul. Because he knows that hey, hey, God created the meat, right? He, he he's not worried, but but he's got a brother, you know, who who was not as mature, and he doesn't want to eat the, the the meat sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? To 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 the idol in front of that 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 brother who's weak. So you can already see you have love in your in your heart for for your for for your friend. Uh, that 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 is what is uh, super. Uh, important. And I do know one thing in, in the book of Second Timothy, and I, I lean upon God on this for a lot. He says that he will give a person repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. In other words, he'll, he'll open a person's eyes so they can actually see what's going on, so they can see the devil's trap. And, and then that person has to make that decision. Like you say, they have to make that decision to, to rescue themselves out of the trap by trusting in, in, in Jesus. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and, it's, and, and we all, like, like Zeke, everybody says we struggle, man. I struggle with porn, uh, you know, and, and, and I had Drew pray for me. And, and, and it hasn't happened since. And I think Drew prayed for me about, I, I can go back months right but but we all we all have struggles but it's good that you have that love for your for your friend right and pray for him and, and ask god to ask god to help and god will help another thing to um dre that that way of thinking like literally was was what how, how i would think you know i would and even sometimes still i would have a mindset of like when i come to god to repent uh, i'll be sitting there like man, like, God, I, I want to say that, like, you know, I turn away from this, but I don't trust myself that I won't come back or that I, I won't yeah. fall in. But that way of thinking right there is, is flawed because I'm trusting myself. Mm -hmm. Not trusting in God, not relying on the Holy Spirit, not leaning on to him to take control, not leaning on to him to, to really rule and, and, and really just take this thing away from me. And so when I'm trying to rely on my own strength, that's why I'm going to fall again. That's why I'm going to fail again, because I'm not perfect. I can't handle it on my own. And so an analogy that I thought of while you were talking is like, you know, every time something is wrong with my car, it's my fault, but I'm not going to stop taking it to the dealership. I still, I still, I know it. I don't trust myself to do it because I know I don't have the knowledge behind it. But it, it wouldn't make sense for me to stop taking it to the dealership and getting this fixed and situated when it's something that I've done, like, I'm not going to sit there and be prideful and be like, you know, I'll be all right. Like, I'm not, no, no, I need to go fix it. I need to get it done because I know I don't trust myself. And so I'm going to go to somebody else who I know is going to help me out. And it's not like they're going to stop me from, from coming in or stop me from, from going every time I come. It's just like, no, like they, they always will. Of course, the motive is different because for them it's business, but you, you know, you, you still get the same thing, right? Like it's, it's a joy, it's a pleasure behind you coming to God every time because it's like thank you for coming to me 
and not go into somebody else mm-hmm. or something else that's not going to fulfill you. That's not going to please you. That's not going to get rid of this uh, temptation or struggle that you have going on right now. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, DeAndre. No, no, no. I was just going to say I, I agree with what he said. <clears throat> I wanted to add to that, too. Um, I was still looking up where it talks about you know, I will, if my brother does not eat meat. I know, like you said, uh, Mr. Bright, it's in one of Paul's teachings. He talks about how um, during that day and time, when they went to out to a restaurant, usually restaurants are right next to sometimes in the temples. And even in the pagan temples, they would take the food, the meat that was sacrificed to idols and then give it to the restaurant, sell it to the restaurant. They prepared, people would serve it. Well, Jews were keeping kosher, wouldn't want to eat there because they knew that meat had been sacrificed to idols. So therefore, Paul was saying, and sometimes he would go there to eat. So if he's out with someone that wasn't a believer and that person was eating meat that was sacrificed to idols, then he would, he didn't have a problem eating it because he was there more helping that person to get to know Christ more than trying to necessarily keep a dietary law and restriction. Point being, Paul was basically saying sacrifice for the other person that they can draw closer to Christ. Now, I'm not saying we go participate in somebody's sin, okay? You don't go sleep with some woman just to uh, win her to Jesus. That is not how you're going to do it because she wins out in that one. <laughs> Work that way. You, know, you don't go sit with your boys and you know smoke some weed. Yeah, you need to go. Need to come to Jesus, yo. You're doing the same thing they're doing, and know they know what's wrong. But that means sometimes though that you go around them while they are, and you don't do it. They they hitting the, the, the whatever real hard. You don't participate. You might be right there with them. You are down there in the muck and the mud, but you're there not to enjoy the experience. You're there to break into the situation. See, when people will talk about Jesus really bad because he would be around the sinners and the publicans, people that were the tax collectors, Matthew and others, and he would be right there with them while they were doing stuff, but he didn't do it with them. Mm-hmm. You don't participate in whatever that is. I mean, there's just so many myriad of things, okay? You don't participate, but if you're there with them, people that while they are, your purpose is not to enjoy the experience. So it, it is important for us to think about how people see us, even though we know our love and what we have in our relationship with God. Now, the, the kicker is, I also want to encourage you, don't sound by that either, but you get concerned with what people think all the time. Okay, so it should be like a, a line, like yeah, you know, a enough where, you know, it won't phase people that might look up to you without you knowing, like, okay, I see him and you know maybe i want to try out you know your my life to christ today not mm-hmm. too much where you want to uh, prove to yourself to everybody right how much you love god even though you know your love for him right. you like to okay one thing i want to ask just looking at verse four talking about rejoicing the lord always again i say rejoice and then and we all have heard that in the song before but like what does it mean what do you guys think it means to rejoice in the Lord? Like, this is me asking the serious question. I'm, 
I think it's it's deeper than what we think. I think it's deeper than instruments and clapping and, and just saying thank you, Jesus. The first thing that comes to my mind with that passage, one, is that how it tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It's not a suggestion. It's it's more of like a do this. It's more of like a command. Like this is this is something that that we ought to do. Um but rejoicing, um, I look at it like this. So I, I have this hoodie, this blue hoodie, and on it it says, in God I flex. And so to me, what that means is like, I'm not boasting or being proud of myself. Or I'm not flexing on my abilities or my cap- or what I've accomplished or what I can do. I'm more so flexing or being proud of who God is or what he's able what he's done in my life. And so rejoicing in the Lord always is it looks to me looks like that to where um, I'm praising God because of what he has done. That although I, I I may have achieved something or something is going well in my life or this then the third although I could bring the attention to myself because of the things that that I've done I'm I'm really just rejoicing in God. I'm being grateful to God in everything that I do. Or even look the good in the bad, you know, always rejoicing in, in who God is and what He's done. And even if, even if it's not looking good, I'm still rejoicing and being grateful of who God is and what He has done in my life. I looked it up in the Oxford Dictionary, and it says to uh, show or feel great joy or delight. And I guess I know, I don't. I guess the word rejoice. It, it correlates to the word joy, like the joy of the Lord. And joy is something that is like in you. You know what I mean? That's something that's continually in you. And rejoice is more of a, uh, what is it? It's a verb. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's something that you do. It's an it's a outward emotion of the joy or outward action of the joy that's in you. Showing outward action that's in the joy that's of joy that's in you. So how would you how would you like kind of show that? You know, what's interesting is if you go to the, um, if you go to the Greek under that word rejoice, it's, it's shocking what it means. It means to be, it's a verb, right? You say to be cheerful. It says that is calmly happy or well off, impersonally, especially as a salutation on meeting or parting, to be well. So just think about it. It's it, it's almost not like a happy occasion. It's like if you read it, it says, "Be cheerful, be calmly happy in the Lord." Again, I say to you, be cheerful and be calmly happy. I'm reading on a New American Standard Bible. It says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Now think about this. If you're calmly happy, not exceedingly happy, not way down low, but you're content. You think about where you're calmly happy. Your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Then it says, be anxious. Don't be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So be calm and calmly happy. And the peace that we just spoke about of God, which surpasses all comprehension. Now watch this. 
It says, we'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. So I think it's, I, when I read that, it reminds me more of not to get, you, you're calmly happy. You're not extreme, right? You, you, you're, not, you're not real low, but you're kind of calm, but you're happy, right? Because if not, if you're anxious or you're thrown off, right? You don't have that peace that we're, we're talking about. You don't, you're not content with God. And your your heart isn't guarded. You know what I'm saying? Is it's you could be in trouble. So that 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 I'm, that's just when I look at what it means, kind of in the in the Greek. That me that makes sense. That being calmly happy, you know, because that goes along. That complements the verse talking about the peace, the peace that the peace that He'll give you. You know what I mean? The peace that God that passes all understanding. You know, and not being overly happy, overly joy overly overly joyed about overly joyous about something that's what i was going to say that it complements the scripture okay i want to bring out that um it says in verse seven that the peace that passes all understand will guard your heart the greek word that's used here is to mount garrison it's like the uh in those times in, in the greeks when they were fighting they would, Romans would set up like a battalion and there'll be a person that would sit in the battalion area. Like, like a, it's, a, it's a compound, okay? And they sit in the compound and they would put together, they fortify the walls and they have somebody looking out at all times to guard. It's like that. It's like you're on a post guarding the facility and what is guarding your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So that peace guards your heart and mind. That peace prevents hurt, harm, or danger from coming to you, to enter into your heart or into your mind. That peace, it mounts garrison and puts up a wall of protection around you in that manner. So that's why you not be anxious and you want to pray and supplicate pray supplication of praying for other people and do thanksgiving you're giving god thanks when we give thanks it's saying i trust you to take care of this and i'm thanking you for it in advance i gotta do this myself i'm trusting you've already taken care of it so when he gives you that peace and that peace guards your heart and mind that you don't go full tilt and go crazy about the situation but you can still operate and do then what God's telling you to do because you're trusting in him to bring it to pass. You're just being the vessel to get it done. I like that. I like that. And that makes, bringing that, that, that scripture into context, I like, because it, it kind of shows like when something's happening, like this is something happening, that peace surrounds you, you know, and all these, like it says, if something's happening and that peace surrounds you, the, the, uh, the worry, the doubt, the fear, it can't penetrate the peace because the peace is guarding you, you know, and that's why when we when we have these, these these moments and we're peaceful, it's not that that the worry and the fear and the doubt and the anxiousness isn't isn't there. It's there, but it can't penetrate. It can't penetrate the peace 
that's guarding your heart, that's guarding the your, you during the situation. That's why it surpasses understanding because our understanding is when something bad happens to you, you have a sad, mad, glad reaction to it, you know. But when that when those can't get in, it doesn't make sense why you just have this this peace here, because your the peace is guarding you and and it's blocking out and it's acting as a defense mechanism against the different uh, uh, spirits that try to come against you to alter your mind during the situation. I like the, that that broke it down for me when you when you explained it like that, Pastor Rob. I appreciate it. <laughs> Glad to help. Definitely did. I ain't never looked at it like that. Like I feel like most people make the mistake where they feel like the things that come, like obstacles that come at you in life, like things you don't want to happen of all categories, you know, we kind of like the first thing we think about is like this wasn't supposed to happen, as in like you had a plan of something of how life is supposed to be. When it's all his plan, like I really don't kind of like like I'm not I'm always prepared for anything at any moment. So I just feel like people make the mistake where they go well they're angry about something because they didn't want this to happen or that to happen but they forget that it all just happens for a reason and i kind of they they kind of like don't trust that and i feel like that's where the peace within people is kind of like broken because they don't trust that it's a learning it's a learning system with everything you go through like any hardship family friends the physical hardships whatever you go through i just feel like people don't except the fact that it's for a reason immediately when it happens, it takes time. And I feel like that should just be a default, you know? Kind of, it gives you more peace and you're comfortable in your own skin. You don't have anxiety as much. You don't really need drugs, you see what I'm saying? Like, you just on to the next. It's kind of like, like a marathon. Like I said, I hit a bump or something, get back up and continue my pace. Like nothing, it never stops. The marathon continues. <laughs> Kind of like what Nipsey Hussle used to talk about, but I just feel like it gets so much deeper. Because like, I mean, I'm only 21 personally, but ever since like I built my tighter relationship with God, I went back to church like I'm supposed to. Got tighter with everything. It's like all the obstacles that I used to go through are still there, and they've grown, but they don't bother me anymore. It's kind of like the pain. Like I kind of explain it like it's kind of like a ball in a cup, and it's like you can't get rid of the ball because the ball is the pain but you can grow a bigger cup so the ball doesn't seem as heavy and that's kind of like I just feel like people need to just accept things as they come and it's the timing that they take to accept it like you need to just accept that life is what God made it it's his plan it's not your plan <laughs> you don't know where he's taking you <laughs> definitely it's just like, I, I, I have that same mindset, too, that, you know, we should, our initial thoughts should be, like, what's going to come out of this? Um, it's just, of course, it's hard because in the moment when you experience pain or you experience something, that's all you can think about. Um, I think I mentioned before, like, the most selfish moment that you have in your life is when you're in pain. Because when you're in pain, the only thing that you are worried about is this this current pain right now. You're not thinking about the bills that you got to pay, you ain't thinking about you being hungry. You ain't thinking about what you're going to do later on. What you're thinking about right now in that moment is, man, this I'm in pain right now. This hurts, and I want to stop getting in pain. And I kind of, we kind of go back to like, you know, Christ, when he was in pain on the cross, he 
he's not that's not what we see in scripture though of him saying that like man like oh, i'm in pain right now god like do something about this it's he, he he cries out instead and says father forgive them for they know not what they do and so in the moment that you are literally the most selfish in your life christ decides to to plead with god to say god don't just just have mercy on them in this moment um but one thing i, I did want to um, share really quick um and this kind of goes back to like you know, fighting temptation or the struggles that you may have. In verse eight, um, Paul kind of wraps up his, well, he doesn't really wrap it up per se, but like he says here, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and receive from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and God of peace will be with you. Then the God of peace will be with you. And so that right there, to me, is like, that's how we get through the things in this world. That when there is something that may not be pure, let's start to fix my mind on that. When something doesn't seem that's pleasant, let's start to think of something that's, that's more lovely. When something, when the, when the enemy tries to feed me some type of lie, let me start to dwell on what is true. And so this is how we combat the things that is going on in our life. And so it's crazy because we get to see in this passage how powerful the mind is and how much control you can have over yourself by just the things that you dwell on, just the things that you think about. And so if these things are constantly on your mind, then it'll be harder for the enemy to get control over you it'll be harder for the enemy to tempt you or to have that foothold to to control whatever may be going on in your life and so to me this is how this is how i combat the things in my life is just dwell on the things that is true that is honorable that is right pure lovely and admirable whatever is excellent and praiseworthy thank you for tuning in to this episode of kings for christ if you enjoyed today's episode please do us a huge favor and subscribe and follow and also share this episode with someone that you think may enjoy it as well. You can find us on Instagram at wearek4c. Thank you.